many of us read with great sadness a few years ago in a survey that found two-thirds of respondents did not believe in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. With bishops and pastors mobilizing to meet this crisis with a revival of Eucharistic catechesis, the National Congress in 2024, Catholic Answers has joined the effort with an important new book, The Eucharist is Really Jesus, How Christ's Body and Blood is Key to Everything We Believe. And joining me today is the author of the book, one of our favorite guests on Catholic Answers, Joe Heschmeyer. Good morning, Joe. Thanks so much for joining the show again today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm thrilled to be on here. Joe, I would imagine you, like many of us, were kind of shocked to read that two-thirds of people didn't believe in the true presence. And I've got to say... Not that I don't believe the statistics, but just to be in church now, to pray with people, it does feel like we do at least understand that this is the source and the summit of our faith. How did you feel when you read that statistic? I was, I think like many people, shocked and surprised and confused by it. But there's actually, if you dig into that poll a little deeper, so that's kind of what's called the top line result, but you, they break down the numbers. And when you break down the numbers by how often these Catholics who responded go to mass, you realize overwhelmingly, number one, the people who said they don't believe in the real presence were not regular mass goers. Okay. And number two, the people who said they don't believe in the real presence didn't realize the Catholic church even taught that. So this was not an issue. Statistically, we can say this is not an issue primarily of well-formed Catholics walking away from the faith. This is an issue of people who never really knew what the Catholic Church believed walking away and then continuing to not believe what the Catholic Church taught. But they, but in a real sense, they never did. They never even knew what the Catholic Church taught. So even to call it walking away sort of suggests they had something they never did. And I think framing it that way, that these people were sacramentally Catholic in the sense of having been baptized, but not really Catholic in any other sense. Uh, that it doesn't really surprise us. I would imagine that they believe the same things that the the non-baptized neighbors they have who were raised the same way and have the same spiritual practices believe. That if they believed this was a real presence, they would probably be in church more. And and so it's a two-way street. People who don't go to church very often are less likely to be converted into believing in the real presence. It, you know, you can give the greatest homily of all time, and it's not going to reach the people who aren't even in the pew. And in the other direction, uh, people who don't believe in the real presence don't see a lot of reason to go to a Catholic mass. Joe, it would also seem to me that for those who are searching, trying to understand that to find the answer to something you don't understand, it would make sense that you need to go there to help figure it out. That if you are not going to church, you're not going to find the answers to the source and the summit in the, you know, the marketplace or at the library or at the ball game that you've got to go, as you say, to the source. And that's mass. Yes, absolutely. I mean, even just to understand what the Catholic Church believes, you know, there's so many people out there who aren't Catholic or they're ex-Catholics who will say, oh, here's what the church really believes. And I always say it's like trying to find a person's personality out by asking their ex especially like a bitter ex. You're probably not going to get a nice uh, charitable interpretation. You're not going to get an unbiased interpretation. You're going to get like the harshest, most uncharitable, most unfair light. And and that's what a lot of people have towards the Catholic Church. But it's also worth remembering as a Catholic, there's twice as many 
people like that who are just the, the lukewarm, unformed uh, misrepresentations of Catholicism than there are of people who are actually believing Catholics. And so it's not shocking that people who've maybe met 10 people who call themselves Catholic and seven of them don't even believe in the real presence. It, it's not surprising they would say, well, you Catholics are mostly like this. Like, we look like the outliers for actually believing what the church teaches. Joe, I am the mother of four children who are grown, but I can remember when they were younger that when we would have these long days together and they were wonderful days together, that they wanted more of it. That the more time we spent together, the more they wanted of our time. Whereas if we left them to their own devices and like go away, well, they'd be gone and then they'd find themselves something to do. And then you call them back like, oh, let's go. And they're like, no, I'm okay. I feel the same thing is true with the Eucharist. The more time, the more effort we put in to being with Christ in his presence, our bodies actually desire it more our minds want to be with it more is that how it's intended to be yeah absolutely so i'm in the archdiocese of kansas city kansas and some years ago maybe 10 years ago now there was an initiative a diocese wide called i think it was called love it learn it live it and people asked well why didn't we put learn it first and the response that i heard from one priest is that you can give people that information you can give them all the raw data but unless there's some kind of relationship there, they don't care. Like you can go out on the street corner and say, here's what the Catholic Church teaches on the Eucharist. And without some kind of connection, it's hard for that to form a spark. But if the person is open, if they're searching, if they're hungry for that relationship, then those things kind of make sense. And so it really has to be grounded, yeah, much more in that relational way. And so I think the best, I'll tell you this, like with, with the book that I've got, the Eucharist is really Jesus. One of the things we're doing is giving like bulk discounts where people can get 20 copies of the book for $70, I think. So it's like three and a half dollars a book. It's not much. And the goal is to, you know, find someone you can read it with, do a small group, do any of these things, you know, where it's, where it's not, it's great. Look, if you want to buy a copy for yourself, read it by yourself and, and go on that spiritual exploration. That's wonderful. God bless you for it. But sometimes it can be really helpful to do these things together in groups and to have the kind of relational grounding where all of that knowledge and information can, can build on something and can build on that relationship, both with your neighbor and with God. And so I think exactly what you described with your kids, that, that that's where you see the most fruitful kind of growth. That's where you see the most joy in, in learning more, uh, not just a kind of cold data. Joe and I sit in adoration, and for me, a lifelong Catholic, born and raised in the faith, I went to Catholic schools, I still, even at my age, sit before the Eucharist, that mystery going, I I learned this and I know it because this is what I've been taught all my life. And yet, even for me, it is sometimes hard to go, that is my Lord that is looking back at me at the host. And I want to understand that mystery a little bit more because I know you share so much more in your book. I'm already coming up against my break. Joe, can you stay with me through the break so we can continue our discussion in the next half hour? I'd, I'd be happy to. I'd like to explore maybe that issue of, of spiritual dryness with Eucharistic adoration. because I think it's something we've, we've all dealt with. Great. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
And I am back with Joe Heschmeyer. You are familiar with Joe because you hear him right here at Mater Day Radio in many afternoons on Catholic Answers. He is joining me today because Catholic Answers has teamed up and Joe has written a wonderful book, The Eucharist is Really Jesus, How Christ's Body and Blood Are the Key to Everything We Believe. We began a wonderful conversation. Joe, thank you so much for staying with me this morning. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. In our first half hour, you began to talk about that dryness that we feel that really that from not understanding can lead to just confusion. And we actually wouldn't be alone in that. Many saints also felt that just same kind of dryness, Lord searching. There's the stories of Mother Teresa walking, looking because of that, that dark night. If the Eucharist is that source in the summit and God wants us to know, love and serve him and be joyful in this world, why do we experience, well, this, this dark night, this dryness? Yeah, that's a, it's a very good question. I actually have two chapters in the book that kind of explore this question. One, I, I look at the Eucharist in the lives of the saints and, and it's often a surprisingly complicated relationship. I mean, you imagine oh, I've got all these troubles, I've got all these difficulties, but the saints didn't. And it's like, no, no, they did. Sometimes it was external problems. You know, they they weren't able to make it to mass because, well, you know, they were in concentration camps. They were abroad. They were in all these situations that were really extreme or they were just so busy with, uh, you know, bringing Christ to uh, villagers in Japan in the case of, of one of the saints we look at that, you know, it, it can often be very difficult to have a mask kit with you when you're climbing a mountain. And so all that's to say that the saints often struggled with some variation of the things we struggle with, busyness, uh, inability to make it to mass, but then also that you make it to mass or you make it to adoration and your mind is racing or you feel spiritually dry and, and you think, why am I not feeling on fire for this? And so to the question of like, well, what do we do about that? There's a lot of possible answers because it may be that we're feeling that way because we've been spiritually lukewarm towards our Lord. It may be that we're feeling that way because we're just physically exhausted. You know, you could imagine a husband and a wife where you're so tired, you've got, you know, small kids or whatever, that maybe you don't feel all the butterflies and it has nothing to do with your spouse. It has nothing to do with, you know, I don't feel the same way. It's like, you know, you're just emotionally burnt out. And so you're not feeling any incredible highs (laughs) because you're, you know, you're lagging. Those things. So it can be, in other words, it can be a spiritual problem on your part. It can be a psychological or a physical issue, or it could be something that's completely out of your control. Uh, for instance, what the saints call the dark night of the soul. Now, this is more for those who've, who've already made it through a certain stage in the spiritual life, where when you first fall in love with our Lord and you first maybe go to adoration, you might have this incredible thrill every time. But ultimately, God doesn't want you going there for the thrill. He wants you going there for him and out of love of him. And so he'll allow the thrill to kind of recede over time. He'll allow you to to get less out on a a personal, almost like selfish level. And the question is, well, will you still show up? Will you you still be there uh, even if you're not feeling a huge thrill? In the same way that, again, I would say there's something analogous in marriage. Do you still show up in, in love as you ought to? even when it's not fun and easy and, and giving you butterflies in the stomach and leaving you all, you know, Twitter pated as, as Bambi would say, you know, so what, what do we do in those situations? And so that's one of the things I explore. And then in the, the last chapter of the book, I actually give some, some concrete steps you can take. Uh, 
to sort of power through those times of dryness. But this is something I'd say that the church and the saints have written on uh, pretty extensively. So don't don't feel afraid or alone if, if you find yourself in that situation. Joe Heschmeyer is joining me this morning on The Morning Blend. If you are just tuning in, his new book is The Eucharist Is Really Jesus. It is out by, of course, Catholic Answers. Joe, World Youth Day is happening, and so much has been focused on this adoration of the Eucharist. In fact, Pope Francis had talked about praying before the tabernacle. Even Bishop Barron, in addressing young people there, he said, let Christ come to life in you. How do we then take our vision of the Eucharist, looking at Christ, receiving Christ in the Eucharist at Sunday Mass, and then having that consumption of Christ now He's a part of us. How through ourselves, through our lives, through our body, can we be Christ to other people? How how do we allow that transformation to take place? Yeah, that's a great question. The theme of World Youth Day is Mary arose and went. I believe that's the, the line they use from Luke 1. And the idea is after the Annunciation, two things happen. Number one, the angel Gabriel tells Mary she's about to conceive our Lord. And so she has Jesus within her. And number two, the angel mentions that her kinswoman, Elizabeth, is pregnant with a child and she's an old woman. And, you know, this is a this is a miracle. Mary receives this. And so immediately upon receiving our Lord in her body, in the incarnation, she then arises with haste and goes into the hill country of, of Judea for three months. And this is a really striking thing. It's this notion that we have to first receive our Lord. And in every sense, you know, like we, we have a, a little image of this in every mass. We receive Jesus in the Eucharist, and then we have a, a brief time to meditate upon him. And then we're, we're told to, to get up and go, uh, to go in peace, to love and serve the Lord. And, you know, all of that, that going forth, which is actually where the word mass comes from. It's from the sending forth in Latin, the Missa, that that's what we're meant to do. We're supposed to receive Jesus, meditate on Jesus, ponder all these things in our heart as Mary does. And it's not an either or, and bring Jesus to other people. We have to be able to receive before we have anything we can give. It's absolutely perfect. And that is some of what you will come to understand in Joe's new book. Joe, you were talking in our first half hour about a wonderful way that people can get your book and literally hand it out to everyone they've run across. Tell our listeners how they're going to be able to connect with your book and that special program. Yeah, so you can get individual copies at Catholic bookstores, on Amazon, or at the Catholic Answers shop. But if you want a bulk copy, if you want like 20 copies for, you know, men's group, women's group, whatever, or just to give out to people, uh, go to shop.catholic.com and you'll see an option for for bulk sales. And, and they are about as cheap as we can make them. So, so yeah, I hope you check it out. We will check that out. And again, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into your book, my upcoming vacation. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so very much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And again, that is Joe Heschmeyer. So the name of the book, The Eucharist is Really Jesus, How Christ's Body and Blood Are the Key to Everything We Believe. I will be sure to add links to the book that Joe was just talking about. You'll find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. 